ladies, you are listening to Women Emerging Fearlessly. Did you know that four out of five women struggle with confidence and knowing who they are? This show is dedicated to helping women lead their lives with fearless confidence and to know how amazing they truly are. In this show, you will hear from women who are emerging fearlessly, who have overcome many obstacles to pursue their dreams and passions, and they will inspire you and encourage you to stand up, step out, and speak up. Be your authentic self and bring your true gifts to the world. My name is Janelle Anderson, and I am your host. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a great review and subscribe and share it with your friends. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Women Emerging Fearlessly. Today, I have a woman who has truly emerged fearlessly in her life from a huge battle, and I'm going to let her tell you about it. But first, I want to introduce you to her. I have Cindy Needham with me today, and she is a breast cancer warrior, mindset mentor, and author of The Pink Mountain. She has committed her life to applying a spirit-based warrior mindset to life's many challenges. Cindy has toiled to unravel the enigma of how physical and spiritual wellness are entangled through extensive education and research. Over the past 30 years, she has developed a methodology to experience life with a higher level of consciousness and purpose. Rivaling many obstacles in her life, she met a lifetime challenger of climbing the Pink Mountain when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Using the arsenal of skills she curated from previous triumphs, she faced her Pink Mountain as a warrior. Cindy chronicled her personal journey using these techniques with the mission of empowering other women facing a similar battle. Supporting women going through breast cancer is what Cindy does, inspiring them to shift their perspective and tap into their inner strength beyond their imagination is who she is. That's awesome. So welcome to the show, Cindy. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Janelle. I appreciate that. It's an honor to have you. And I'm just really excited to be listening to your story, hearing more of your story. Um, I love how you call yourself a warrior. And um, I, I have a workshop I do sometimes called the Wonder Woman Workshop. And I talk about like accessing your inner warrior or your inner superpowers, I think is how I call it. So I love, I love that, um, that term. So tell us a little bit about your journey up the pink mountain. Tell us your story. Actually, it's funny that we're having this conversation today. Yesterday, uh, Monday, October 19th, five years ago was when my journey started. I went in for a double mastectomy and that to me was the start of my journey. And, uh, Facebook so graciously pops up your memories and that was one that popped up and I was wow it's been five years on one hand it feels like yesterday and on the other hand it feels like it was a whole lifetime ago which I find quite fascinating and when I reflect back what even got me to that moment of the mastectomy was Years ago, uh, when I lived in Calgary, close to the mountains, uh, 
I had an affinity to get into the mountains, to go hiking and climbing up these what seemed like impossible structures. And when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, when I actually heard the words, you have invasive ductal carcinoma, I immediately pictured beating breast cancer as climbing the hardest mountain I had ever hiked. I knew that with one step at a time, I could get to the top. And one step at a time is all that is needed to get through a lot of obstacles in life. And for me, I just knew that I would get through this. I would get to the top. And if I, for whatever reason, didn't make it to the top, I was going to basically die trying. <laughs> that was the mindset I had. Wow. Yeah, that's a warrior mindset for sure. And that's so true. It is one step at a time. I often use that analogy of climbing a mountain for women who are trying to reach a goal and it seems impossible. And, you know, you think about my, mountain climbers, they make it to the next base camp and that's all they're focused on. You know, how far are they going to get today? And then the mm -hmm. next day and then the next day. And that's what you have to do when you're faced with obstacles, you know, one day at a time, one step at a time. When, and, and your preparation, I find, is the other key. I know early in my hiking days, I would just show up. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> thankfully, I had people that I was hiking with that were a little more seasoned, like they had water to share. They had food to share. <laughs> so I learned quite quickly to successfully go up a mountain. You do need to be somewhat prepared. Absolutely. And uh my mindset around that was the team around me was important. My friends, my family, uh, the doctors, the nurses, and that made a difference for me because what I learned is I pictured beating cancer was just getting to the top of the mountain, then I'd be done. But what I learned when I got there was it wasn't a straight up, straight down mountain. When you finish treatment, you get to the top, but that's when there's a whole new mountain range mm, wow. behind there. So yeah. that was when uh, it got real for me that this isn't going to be straight down. And that's where I started to feel really blessed that I had 20 years of mindset and uh, spiritual meditation and everything behind me because it got me up the front face. It was going to be that same mindset that helps figure out how to get, navigate the back mountain. Right. And when that first six to eight months after finishing treatment, I was starting to become more aware of the obstacles I was facing and started to become aware of how I was getting past them. And at that time I started meeting other survivors and in conversations, I was starting to recognize that how I was looking at my cancer journey was indeed a little bit different than other survivors. And then that was the moment I decided that maybe I should make some kind of handbook or journal or document how my mindset strategy worked and maybe help other climbers or other women on this journey, I should say. So mm -hmm. that's kind of where I landed writing the book. That is awesome. Yeah. 
So, yeah. So tell us about some of the strategies that you used or, you know, a little bit about the mindset that you had, you know, if you could share so, a little bit. Yeah, I'd love to share that. And like I was saying, it wasn't until afterwards that I recognized that this is what I was doing. So we talked earlier about um, being prepared to climb a mountain. So the first part of my book is called Pre-Climb Prep. And that is your mindset piece. And uh, you don't know where you're going until you understand where you are at. Yep. And so I, the first part of understanding your, where you're at is understanding your belief system, how it came to be, how it's showing up in your life, how to start becoming aware of your belief system. And if that belief system that you have is supporting you or not on your journey, and then taking it to the next piece, recognizing that you have a choice mm-hmm. in your belief system or how you are showing up in life. So the first yep. part of the book is all about that pre-climb prep. Basically, are you showing up as your spirit, as love with a warrior mindset, or are you showing up with ego, with fear and a victim mindset? And I wanna be clear, both mindsets are valid. You need the both mindsets. You don't know who you are until you experience who you are not. So how you're showing up is usually based on a belief that you have inside. So as soon as as you start to recognize that you're standing in a state of suffering, you can start to shift your perspective check out your belief system and then respond how you want to respond. If being a victim is how you want to respond to that, that's fine. You can stay there as long as you want to, until you recognize that it's not serving you anymore. Mm -hmm. And that is the whole essence of that first part of the book is breaking that down into a very easy and understandable process, which I call the rise up process. Nice. So important to know where you are, what you're believing, because you can't change something that you are not aware of. It's true. And then once you are, once you recognize that, then it does put you in this place of choice, which to me Mm -hmm. is a place of, it's a place of power. Once you realize that I don't have to stay here, I can choose to, but I don't have to. And so what do I really want and how do I want to show up? So absolutely. And there was moments and there were moments through uh, my cancer diagnosis and going through the treatment where I point blank said was, wow, I just I just need to sit here in the darkness a little while. I've got to process where I'm at and how I feel. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Sometimes we need to be there and and let it sink in and let it uh, in my in my practice as a coach, we have a an assessment that I give called the inner energy leadership index assessment. It shows people how they show up based on these energy levels, which are really related to what you believe and which gives yeah. rise to what you think. And so that victim mindset is level one, but sometimes we need to be there. We need to have other people take care of us. We need to not be doing anything or making any decisions. But if you stay there too long, that's where it can cause you too. Like you said, it's not serving me anymore. So it's like, you know, if you're grieving the loss of a loved one, you need to be there for a while. You do. 
don't live and, there. And, no, and it's that split second of awareness is that first cue that maybe I'm ready to make a shift. And then it's just understanding how to do that. We mm-hmm. often get told, oh, just change your attitude. But how do you just change an attitude? Uh, I I think like uh, uh, over the last 20 years and the courses I've taken, the reading I've done and my spiritual practice, uh, it's become more and more second nature to be able to do that, to be able to to switch, uh, shift my perspective, look at both sides of the coin and choose a response. But if this is a new language for you, it's, practice 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 and no matter how good you get at something like you look at um a golfer like tiger woods he's as amazing as he was right after he went around he was back on the links practicing and that's the kind of practice to become self-aware that you need to do yeah and you know neuroscience shows us that the more that we practice thinking we lay down these tracks in our in our minds. And so over time, they take root, basically, they get stronger. And then it becomes your hab- habit or your habitual way of being, habitual way of thinking. So yeah, yeah. I, I like that. It's very reassuring, I think, for people that aren't there yet to know that there's nothing wrong with you. It just takes practice and really intention, you know. Oh, intention is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And we were talking a bit earlier, like um, we're on the mountain or if you are feeling a victim, I always say, and in my book, I talk about this as well. If there's nothing wrong with being angry, dealing with the grief, when you start to recognize that that being in that state is taking away the precious time that you may have left it's important to realize or recognize that that's when shifting perspective and being the best version, the best vision you have of yourself, no matter where your journey ends on the mountain is very important. Mm -hmm. And I think once people recognize that that's when they maybe start to feel more hopeful, uh, more inspired to be their best because I think going through any kind of life altering uh, event, whether it's been an accident or a disease, you start to realize that you do have an expiration date. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) we all do. We we all have an expiration date, but when you face something like that, it becomes just maybe that much Mm -hmm. more real. Definitely, And it's a choice. Do I want to spend that time being angry or do I want to spend that time being the best version of myself, whether that's with my loved ones, whether it's understanding what my true purpose is. Exactly. And we might not know our true purpose until our very last breath, but at least we are still looking for it, trying. We're still here to learn, grow and create until we finish that last breath. Exactly. You know, that's even without a diagnosis of cancer, like you can feel that, you know, I deal or I work a lot with women in their midlife years. And I remember when I hit 50, kind of having that wake up call, like, oh my gosh, 50 years just went by really fast. 
What do I want to do with the rest of my life? So at any point in your journey, whether you're facing a diagnosis or just the aging process, you know, being aware of being present and, and living life to the fullest, fulfilling your purpose, or at least pursuing it and looking for it and choosing to, you know, show up engaged and fully alive and, you know, like doing what you were created to do. It's very important. I, I know I felt like I was asleep for a lot of my life. And then I kind of woke up like, what am I doing? And it's such a great feeling to have that, you know, to have that mindset of, I'm going to make the most of this. I'm going to pour into the people around me. I'm going to do what I'm passionate about, what fires me up. I want yeah. to leave behind some kind of legacy or inspiration, you know, for others. So it gives life meaning. Yeah. And I think if you are facing what you were facing, I'm sure it makes the experience different than if you're. I think it just kind of wakes you up maybe a little faster. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. I said, that expiration date becomes real. Yeah. And that's where I, I feel uh, like the first part of my book, uh, understanding your belief system is so important because I, when I was saying that we we're told just, you know, change your mindset or just do it. Sometimes it's hard to do when we've learned things from our formative years to our 20s that have become our truth, not necessarily the truth, but have become our truth. And that sometimes, uh, well, most of the times we're operating on information at a less than conscious level that we learned when we were two or three years old. Right. We're making decisions as an adult on those kind of that knowledge and until we start to recognize that some of those limiting beliefs are stopping us from being that creator we are being that change we want to make in our life, those limiting beliefs are stopping us. They, they become hurdles. And unless we become aware of, hey, did you know that because I learned that when I was three, that's still showing up as a 40-year-old? <laughs> yes. and, and then you can start to analyze it break it down and move past those little hurdles and start living the life that you as an adult want to live. Yeah. And sometimes those realizations are like, what? <laughs> Very like yeah. aha moments of, oh, I had no idea that I was operating. It's sort of like the hard drive of a computer, right? It's been downloaded and embedded in there and we're not even aware of it. And it's, it's can be true. quite a revelation. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll share, I'll share a quick story of when this really started to make sense for me and how that kind of early childhood programming carries over. I have never enjoyed clothes shopping. For as long as I can remember, I've hated to go clothes shopping. My mom would stick me in a dressing room and bring me clothes. As a teenager, my friends would say, hey, try this on. But I've never been one clothes shop and I felt very awkward in very feminine or girly clothes always as long as I can remember and 20 years ago when I started doing mindset work and starting to explore how unconscious behavior or subconscious behavior can impact you as uh, an adult or years later I recognized I was thinking about that story and what it was was my cousin and I were the exact same age and we were out at the family cottage and 
my mom, dad, or my mom, granny, and aunt said, Hey, why don't you guys go change clothes? And we thought that was the most fun thing ever. So we switched clothes and we come out. And I remember my granny saying, Wow, Cindy looks like such a husky girl in those. Oh, wow. So granny didn't mean that. Right. Like granny would never intentionally hurt anyone's feelings but somewhere my belief system picked up on anything girly anything like this I look like a husky girl so mm. once I recognized that that was uh, a, where I was operating from it changed how I started to do things with clothing am I still am I great at it no I still still hear a bit of a voice in the back of my head but I'm miles ahead than if I never re- had that uh, moment and recognized that. And that's mm-hmm. anything in life. That's how, that's how crazy and fast it can happen. A simple comment when I was that young showing up in adulthood and we all have them. <laughs> we, do. we do. And that's such a beautiful story. And it is true that there were things spoken to us or, in our hearing by parents or grandparents or siblings or teachers that they didn't mean anything by it. But as children, we take those in and we, we aren't old enough to process through it. We aren't old enough to understand aren't we aren't developed enough. And so it just kind of lands there and we make a, a, an assumption or an interpretation about what that means, even subconsciously, it's not conscious at all. I remember some of those things in my life. Like I didn't consciously think, Oh, that means this. It just landed in this soft clay of our developing psyche. And yeah, uh, yeah. so that's awesome work to excavate. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And uh, in the pre-climb prep, I created uh, a story called How I Came to Be to start to give the reader a 360 degree kind of view of that because the imagery you place yourself in it but at the same time you're watching yourself in it to start to become aware of how you're showing up and then breaking it down into relatable stories of what I call the book of life the family groove and filters and comfort zone and so it, it gives the reader a pretty great awareness to of where to start looking where to start making some of those shifts when we say hey just change your perspective at least it gives them a starting point of hey that's that's where my my layer start that's where i'm gonna start peeling back the onion and look at some of that subconscious stuff yeah that sounds like a really both of those really handy tools something practical Mm-hmm. Um, you started, you know, sort of like the life mapping idea um, and writing down, you know, things that maybe come. I know for me, it was like, I didn't like go digging for every little thing. I just sort of, you know, got quiet and, you know, in a meditative kind of space mm-hmm. and just kind of asked, you know, what what are those memories that are those what were those points in time where these things started and little memories would float back Mm -hmm. up. And I remember one of them, and I I remember I was probably about four or five years old. And I remember thinking, why is this significant? It was like nothing, you know, it was like not some big traumatic moment or anything. It was just a small thing, just like what you described 
But yet that was one of the keys for me that was limiting me and holding me back. And so mm. pay, pay attention to those, right? And then look at them and say, well, what did I conclude in my heart, you know, from that event that is yeah. now holding me back? And, and why that is to me important as uh, going through the breast cancer journey is if we have the tendency to fall into old patterns, you're not showing up 100% for yourself. If, for example, uh, having maybe deep in your belief system, uh, staying quiet was something that you learned, going through breast cancer is not the time to stay quiet. You, you need to find a voice to be your best advocate to make choices that are best for you, not someone else making them for you. Uh, I also believe that it's important being able to understand that you are your best advocate, even coming down to researching, uh, learning about your disease so that you can ask the questions that are important to you. And when you can start operating from that place of empowerment, the fear starts to go away. Yes. Not entirely, but it starts to dissipate a bit. And the less time you spend in fear, the more time you are coming from a place of empowerment and love, the more energy you have to put towards things that matter to you. Right. And I would imagine that really helps with shifting out of the victim mindset. If you are a part of the the conversation and if you're researching and you're asking those questions and you're taking part in your own, you're mm-hmm. not like totally dependent on whatever the doctors say, but you're taking part exactly. in your own. Yeah. Yeah. Dismantling fear is so important. Uh, will it change your diagnosis? If, you, if it's later stages, will it change your outcome? Probably not. But what it will do is, again, allow you to sit in a place of empowerment and love and do your life on your terms instead Mm -hmm. of being pulled around by fear you are leading the charge with love Mm, i love that just it changes the experience for you of what you choose you know how you want to experience it after my mom passed away my dad started dating this woman and they fell in love and they dated for like six years. She was a lovely woman and she, she uh, had cancer and ended up, I think it was a year or so later she passed away and it was very, very sad. And I, he always felt like she didn't empower herself. Like she kind of just went along with whatever they said. And I don't know if that was true or not, but I know it really bothered him that he kept, you know, giving her books on cancer and, treatments and thing, and you know he was very much like uh, against the whole uh chemotherapy felt like that made her sicker because she when she was first diagnosed it was supposedly early stages I don't know the whole story but but anyway I that made me think of her because you know we went to visit her shortly before she passed away and she had not been in contact with him for most of that year she had chosen to kind of shut him out of her life and I wonder how much different maybe her experience would have been had she allowed him to be with her, you know? Well, and that's a, that's a perfect example, Janelle, of uh, 
our belief systems based on past experiences and programming. Uh, that age group, I think, they learned cancer. You got cancer. You did chemo. You got very sick, and you end up dying. And that's what actually chemo and cancer and all that was. It was uh, a, a one blanket approach. We're fortunate now in this day and age that through research, uh, it's very targeted and very specific. Even like with breast cancer, there's uh, different kinds of breast cancer and they're actually all treated quite differently. But someone uh, like your dad's um, partner there, her experience might've been just one blanket, mm -hmm. everyone's sick. And back then you didn't talk about it either. Everything was hush hush. True. No one talked about anything. So uh, I can see how that kind of played out. What I've learned in the short five years that I've been through this process is I think as a soul, we don't know what our soul's agenda is, what our true purpose is. We like to think we do, but literally until those final breaths, we, we don't. And I met people on this journey who were the exact same stage as me. We had the exact same type of cancer and we were a couple of weeks apart. And on paper, we've got a great prognosis. And at the end of, so my treatment ended April of 2016. By November, or sorry, by beginning of October 2016, the friend of mine, Hers went to her brain. And by that November, she had passed away. On paper, she should be with us. And another friend who I met through this process was stage four when it was found. Stage four, they say, you're lucky if you get two years to five years. Five in a bit years, she's still with us and going strong. So wow. you really don't know what is going to happen on that mountain. And that's why I really believe in my heart and soul that it's important to be a warrior, be aware and live life your way. Yeah. And I hear the compassion in your voice and uh, just that passion for, for what you're saying and what you're you're bringing, and I think it's hugely valuable and important for women. You know, I don't know what the statistics are, and I think this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, isn't it? When you in, say stats, in, in which in which way? Well, I mean, like how many women? You know that you always hear these stats of one in eight people or one in five people will get cancer or something like that. Um, yeah, the stats. But, the stats know. are one in eight. And, okay. and the stats are getting better for survivorship, but Good. the stat, the stat that I found was most alarming is that during, and it's basically what I was saying earlier is when you're diagnosed, when you're going through treatment, you're being guided up that hill. You're going from this appointment to that appointment. You're going from surgery to chemo to radiation. Now you're on your drugs and you're being led the whole way up that mountain. Then you get to the top and it's like you, you think you're done and everyone around you thinks you're done. 
But that's when now you've got the fallout from that chemo, surgery, radiation, and hormone therapy to deal with. And it's like your body, someone reached in deep in you and pulled you inside out and said, there you go. And I recognized earlier um, and embraced all that change by calling myself Cindy 2.0. I, I, I was the same yet very different. And it was like, okay, so now what? How am I going to deal with this? And I kept my feet moving. And it's it's a hard afterclimb. And the more you can get in touch with who you are and your essence, the, again, the more empowered you're going to be because you do get turned inside out. And if you were going with your belief system that wasn't serving you as well as you think it should be, what starts to happen is you start to feel less authentic because you have been turned inside out. Everything you know has been uh, changed. So starting to become aware and make changes and start to question things and show up the big you is going to be more important than ever because you're not the same person going into it as you are on the other side. What do you wish you had known would happen to your body after the treatment, after you'd been given that clean bill of health, like you talk about that range mm-hmm. of mountains on the other side. What would, would I have known? Yeah. What do you wish you had known before? That hormone therapy really is a double-edged sword. While at the same time, it's saving your life, blocking the, the estrogen positive cancer cells from growing. It also puts you into overnight instant menopause. And for premenopausal women, that hits hard. Uh, being a fit, healthy, active woman, all of a sudden I was overnight uh, menopause, getting the night sweats. And women, when they go through menopause naturally, their metabolism slows down slowly. So maybe over 10, 15, 20 years, you gain a few pounds. Whereas literally, when you're on this hormone therapy, within their first year, women are putting on 10, 15, 20 pounds. And uh, some of the groups I'm on, that's one of the biggest, hardest things for the younger women who haven't been through that menopause is that weight gain. Even losing their breasts wasn't as hard as all of a sudden Mm. just being out of control. Yeah, I yeah, I went through that the menopause weight gain. (laughs) Yeah, and like I said, at least going through it slowly, you can kind of course correct a bit. But this was just Mm. overnight, so that that was one thing. Uh, The other would be just how the process changes or the hormone therapy also changes your joints muscle and joint pain it felt like my body aged 30 years over the course of one year and again other survivors saying the same thing and in that 
careers might have to change. Like I had a job that I love to do. It was, I got to drive out of town, build some displays were part of my duties. Uh, a lot of thinking on my feet. Now, when I went back to work a year later, uh, all of that, I couldn't keep up with. And I kind of laughed saying, I don't think a 75 year old would be doing this <laughs> job is kind of how it felt. So yeah, it, hormone therapy is a double-edged sword is a big takeaway. You said course correct and, you know, being flexible and adaptable doesn't mean that you're, you can't make it work, right? You, you come up with strategies or you come up with a, a new path. Oh, absolutely. And I kind of laugh because I think I'd be on the right path. I'd be going for a bit and then boom, nope, that wasn't it. Okay, try a different one. And it's knowing that you're not alone. If you think you're out of your mind, you're not. Like every woman's going to feel different coming off of treatment and standing on the top of that mountain. And every woman's path is going to be looking just maybe that much different. But if you find yourself hitting a dead end on your path, you're not alone turn around and try a different approach, whether that's working out, whether that's having to change careers. Um, even I found between chemo brain, which now I've learned is a lot like menopause brain. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Supporting, supporting yourself, what that means, like making a lot of notes for yourself, <laughs> Going back to work and saying, I have gaps in my brain. I'll be talking them gone. I mean, it's gone. So if I'm chatting with you and I stop and it's gone, just, just work with me. Like I was very transparent and very honest with those challenges. And that made a difference in my life all around. Everyone just giggles and knows that's just me now. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. What a beautiful, powerful story. I know you have a PDF that you want to offer for free to my audience called the sanity guide. How to answer the awkward and crazy questions you get once you are diagnosed. That is correct. I actually want to name the guide something else, but the gal that was working with me with my uh, website suggested I made it a little bit softer, <laughs> but uh it's true. Once you are diagnosed, you do get a lot of crazy questions. You get a lot of crazy comments and sometimes you get just blindsided by it. And what this guide is meant to do is to help with that awareness piece. That way, maybe you have a, you can respond a little bit more eloquently or quickly, or maybe it's just a stepping stone to help you understand what's going to be coming at you so you can start to formulate your own answers, so yeah. to speak. Because uh, one of the ones that it, how many times I'd hear would be, oh, good, you get a free boob job now. Yeah, because that's the first thing on my <laughs> mind. <laughs> but I, I, in the guide, it's how to answer those kind of questions eloquently. Because sometimes, too, we get asked questions, and then after the fact, we're like, oh, I wish I would have said this. Not, and they're not derogatory answers. They're more answers just to, because believe it or not, a lot of those questions and comments are coming from our loved mm. ones. So it, it's just a way to be able to respond back from a place of empowerment and maybe have open dialogue at the same time. 
So I personally think it's a, a guide that anyone newly diagnosed with breast cancer or any kind of cancer, it would be a very powerful piece for them to have. Yeah, it sounds like it. So they can get that on your website. Correct. Yep. Thrivetheclimb.com breast cancer sanity guide. I will put that link in the show notes. And also if they want to reach out and chat with you, how will they do that? Oh, absolutely. On my website as well. uh, There is uh, on the front page of the website, there's a button called empowerment session. You can just click on that and that will take you to a page where you can book a time and I would love to have a conversation. And again, sometimes it's just having a conversation with someone who's been there that just is comforting. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, your services are definitely needed. And I would imagine there's probably at least a few women in my audience that are struggling with this. So also your book, it's called the Climb the Pink Mountain? No, it's just The Pink Mountain. And it's a... In uh, it is available on Amazon. It's uh, Amazon.com or Amazon.ca. For any Canadian listeners, if they want to reach out to me directly, I can get them a signed copy direct for me. Uh, go, shipping that into the states, especially right now, uh, it turned out to be like a fifty-dollar book. So you might just be better doing the Amazon.com. I'm excited that you have that out and hopefully uh, some of my listeners will grab the book and be in touch with you and get that free download. So thank you so much for coming today, Cindy, and sharing about your journey and your story. It's been very inspiring and um, also I've learned a lot from you today. Well, I so appreciate having me on the show today and uh, just chatting with you. It's easy to open up and talk. So thank you for that. And I thank your listeners for showing up. Sure. Absolutely. And uh, thank you for doing the work that you're doing in the world, emerging fearlessly up your pink mountain on the other side of the mountain (laughs) (laughs) as a warrior. (laughs) Okay, ladies. So hopefully you got a lot out of that conversation and until next time, be confident, be real and be you. I hope you enjoyed that episode and got a lot out of it that will help you on your journey to becoming fearlessly confident. If you would like to know how to work with me to help you to become fearlessly confident, just email me, Janelle at EmergingLifeCoaching.com. You can also go to my website. There's lots of great resources on there, including a free mini course called Be Confident, Be Real, Be You. It's a three video course with downloadable action guides that will definitely help you to get on this journey to becoming fearlessly confident. My website is EmergingLifeCoaching.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, be fearless, be confident, and be you.